Well, let's have our Bible reading, and that's going to be from Colossians and chapter 2. Colossians and chapter 2. The church at Colossae was in what we know today as Turkey. It was a church planted by someone that knew the Apostle Paul, and Paul was writing to it from prison in Rome. And the church there in Colossae was a good church, a strong church, but some false teachers had come in. And they started teaching that Jesus was not enough for your salvation. You need Jesus, but you need Christ plus something else. And Paul is writing to them to say that Christ is enough. So Colossians chapter 2 and reading from verse 1 to verse 15. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised, with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So you see, when you are dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. By the cross. Well, let's turn to Colossians, and we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. 
As we mentioned, uh, Colossians was written to a church that had uh, been infiltrated by false teachers, and the Colossian eyes were taken off Jesus to Jesus plus something else for their salvation. But Paul writes this epistle to the Colossians, and he puts the spotlight fully on Jesus. It's the name of Jesus that is up in lights in Colossians. And all other people on the screen, they dissolve, and he zooms out to the center of the screen. Colossians is full of Christ. The personal name of Jesus is mentioned seven times. The title Lord is mentioned 12 times. And the official designation Christ is mentioned 27 times in this short epistle, four chapters. It's all about the greatness of Jesus Christ. And Paul is telling the Colossians and us tonight, 2,000 years later, that Jesus is far greater than you can ever imagine. What we're going to do tonight is uh, do two things from these verses in Colossians. We're going to look at what it means to receive Christ, and then we're going to look at what it means to go on living with Christ as our Savior and our Lord. So let's think, first of all, then, about receiving Christ as Lord. That's what Paul puts here. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Now, when you receive something, you are active. You're actually doing something. So a parcel comes to your door from Amazon or DPD or something else. Uh, you open the door, and you're really grateful that someone's at the door with a parcel. You take the parcel, you receive it. If you've invited someone round to your house, uh, and they come, they knock on the door, they ring the bell, you welcome them in. There's a relationship of some kind that, that starts. There's an active participation on your part when you receive something. Receiving anyone or anything implies activity and commitment on your part. And so it is in receiving Jesus Christ as well. God has sent Jesus to the door of our life, for he so loved the world that he sent his only son. And though many people did not receive him, namely his own people did not receive him, yet to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And it's wonderful that in Colossians and in other places in the New Testament, you've got some names of the people that actually received Jesus. Uh, there were many thousands that did, of course, on the day of Pentecost, and we haven't got their names. But we've got other people's names. So, for example, we know that a lady called Lydia, a man called Cornelius, Timothy, Onesimus, Secundus, Sopater, Titus, Priscilla, Phoebe, Julia, Tryphena, Tryphona, and Andronicus, and others received Jesus as their Savior. And we'll meet them one day in that place of glory. So receiving the Lord Jesus Christ means entering into a relationship with him. For conversion is not just a redirection of our life in repentance. It's actually a new connection of our life through faith in Jesus. It's both of those things. It is repentance, a redirection, a turning round, 
but it's a new connection with a new person that we never knew before, Jesus, our Savior. And Paul says that you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and I, I love that terminology. It's not just, you know, they, oh, great, you've come along to church. Great, you're listening on YouTube. Um, it's great you're finding out about us. Great that you're on our, our website finding out. Christianity is not that. It's actually receiving a person, entering into a relationship with Jesus. And Paul says there's a particular way in which we receive Jesus, and it's this. You receive Christ Jesus as Lord, the Lord. Now, this word Lord is used in the New Testament in three different ways. Sometimes it's used simply as a, a polite term of reference, what we would say, sir. Other times it's uh, referred to as a, a supreme ruler, my Lord Caesar in those days. But the Jews used this as a substitute for Yahweh. And when you read in the Old Testament, Lord with capital letters, then that is the holy name of God, Yahweh. I am who I am. So Lord, in this context, equals the mighty God. So Paul is saying that you haven't just received someone you look up to as sir, haven't just received someone who's got power and authority on earth, but we've received the global ruler, the Lord. Yahweh. Uh, there's actually no modern equivalent to this title, Lord. We can talk about prime minister or president or king or master or MD or CEO, but all those people have, they have power and they exercise authority, but only in a limited sphere. But the Lord has authority in every sphere of life. Jesus said, all power, all authority is given to me. He's the head over everything. And Paul mentions that if you look at verses 9 and 10 of chapter 2, you'll, you'll see the authority of Christ, verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So wherever Jesus went, there was the deity in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Now, I suppose that's quite easy to say in our land where there's freedom to say that, and maybe our authorities don't feel particularly challenged. King Charles III probably wouldn't feel particularly challenged to say, well, Mr. King, there is someone higher than you. He'd probably say, oh, well, okay, look. But in Paul's day, with the Roman Empire and the Roman Emperor, they would take no rivals. So this was dynamic language. Jesus is the head over every power and every authority. He's the Lord of all. The creator were the created. The shepherd were the sheep. The master we are the servants. He is God. We're the worshippers. Jesus is far greater than you can ever imagine. And a Christian then is someone 
who has received Christ Jesus as Lord, as Lord of their life. So they have handed their lives over to Jesus. They've given Jesus the keys of their life. To receive him is to receive him into the control center of our lives. It's to have him as our Lord. And when you became a Christian, that's what you did. You said, I surrender all to you, Jesus. You are now the king of my life. You are the Lord. And that's the first thing. Receiving Jesus means receiving him as the Lord of your life. But there's a second thing here. Not just receiving Christ as Lord, but living then with Christ as Lord. So let's go on to the second part here. And this is outlined. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So we're to continue to live our life in him in the same way that we received him as our Lord. We received him as our Lord, remember, surrendering all to him. So we continue to live in him just as we received him. We continue to live in him as the Lord of all. The word for receive, there's a, there's a Greek tense called the aorist tense, which means it's done, once for all it's done. And that's the word received, it's in the aorist tense, you did it. But the word for continue is in the present tense, the continuous, it's ongoing. So we received him as Lord, now every day, every moment, we live with him as Lord, continue to live with him as Lord. See, the Christian life looked at biologically means that when we receive Jesus as Lord, a new life begun. And now there's the growth in that living with the Lord. We mature in our Christian faith. And the Christian growth comes as we continue to live with Jesus as Lord. And Paul itemizes four things that that means to continue living with him as Lord. Four things. And the first is this. We are rooted in him. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted in him. To be rooted in something is to be attached to something. A plant's roots attach to the earth. A person's roots attached to their cultural history. It's our roots for a Christian, we are attached to Christ, and we will only grow as we are rooted in Christ and attached to him. So if we are attached to someone or something more than we are attached to Jesus, our growth is stunted. He is our biggest attachment in life. We are rooted in him. So continue to live your lives in him rooted in him. Remember where your roots are. They are in Jesus. Don't cut them off. Continue to live in him. That's the first thing. Be rooted in Jesus. Second thing is this. Built up in him. It's really exciting to see something being built up. If you've ever had any work done on, on your house or on the house in which you live, you're always wondering how it's getting on. If you've got a loft conversion or a 
conservatory being built or a house extension, you're always taking a little sneaky look when the builders go. <clears throat> you just look kind of sneaky, open the door. Somehow you feel, well, maybe you don't, but you feel guilty about looking in on their work. It's not yet finished, and should I really be doing this? But you look in. You want to know how it's getting on, how it's growing, how it's being built up, because there's something exciting about something being built up. You ever seen a, a, a dad building a Lego tower? It's far more excited than the children building the Lego tower. How high can we get it? And the child's lost interest at row three. <laughs> you want to get it as high as you can. It's exciting being built up. And, and that's what we need to be as Christians, rooted in Christ and built up in Christ. See, at conversion, the foundation is laid. Maturity takes a very long time. In fact, all of life as we follow Jesus. But we are only built up in Jesus as we live with him as the Lord. We receive him as Lord, so continue to live with him as Lord. And in that way, our lives are built up in maturity. The third thing is this being strengthened in the faith, strengthened in the faith. When you receive Christ as Lord, you believe in him, obviously, else you wouldn't receive him as your Lord. So there's a faith that you have. There's a subjective faith and there's an objective faith. The objective faith is that which we believe. The subjective faith is the fact that we do believe that which we believe. So we need to be um, strengthened in how we believe and what we believe. This word strengthened is translated in other translations as um, established, established in the faith. And the idea of being established is the fact of security. We're established. Something has happened and we cannot be moved. And our life in Christ and growing in Christ makes us a secure person, not insecure. An insecure person has a heightened self-consciousness, sometimes an inability to join in with others, sometimes a, a bit of self-loathing as well, prejudice maybe towards others as well, and the constant need of approval from other people and fear of what other people are thinking of you. And as there's insecurities, they're not established in who they are, their place in the family may be. But an established person, a secure person, finds their significance and security in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they don't worry too much about what other people say. So as we receive Christ as Lord, if he is our Lord, the king of our life, then what really matters it's not what other people say, but what he says, to be established in him. And the fourth and the final thing before we have a little discussion on this is this, overflowing with thankfulness. This is what it means to continue with Christ as Lord, overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness and gratitude is a real mark of the Christian person. And Paul mentions, if you read through Colossians, it only takes 15 minutes. If you should read through Colossians, you'll notice that he mentions thanksgiving so many times. 
Why did Paul have to write this here, overflowing with thankfulness? Was it because the Colossians were a particularly grumpy church, so he had to say to them, cheer up, overflow with thankfulness? Or was it that, that actually they were a really joyful church, and Paul was simply identifying this characteristic of their Christian Christianity? Well, I take it as the second one. I take it that actually they were a real cheerful church because they'd known what it is to be saved. But these other people were coming in, but they still knew deep down what it was to be saved. And Paul says, well, let that thankfulness not just bubble under, but let it overflow. Let it just pour out of your life this thankfulness and this gratitude to Jesus. Thankfulness is a real key to spiritual growth. If we're unthankful and ungrateful, we will not grow because we're always thinking about what's wrong and what we haven't got. But if we're thankful, then it's growth material. So here in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, we've seen two things. We've seen what it is to become a Christian. It is to receive into your life Christ Jesus as your Lord. Secondly, we've seen what it means to grow as a Christian. It means to continue to live him as, with him as your Lord, rooted in him, built up in him, strengthened in him, and being overflowing with thankfulness. And when we live with Jesus as Lord, we're living under the authority and the protection of the universal emperor and ruler of all being. And we find out that Jesus is far greater than we can ever imagine. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these verses and we thank you that they teach us about becoming Christians and living as Christians. And we pray that you would help us to take this to heart so that we might continue to live as we began. We confess it's so easy just to wander from the truth. But we pray that these verses would be central in our life so that we would live for you and live with you and others might see Christ in us. Help us, we pray, to continue to live our lives in him day by day, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in our faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Grant us the grace to do this day by day, we pray, to continue to live with Jesus as Lord, so that others might see, even through our lives, how great is our God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.